Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. We greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Let me ask it. If you know God is your everything, come on and give God some praise in this place. Yeah. Hallelujah. We thank and praise God today for allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer. Thankful for his grace and his mercy. I'm grateful for traveling grace and mercy this week. <clears throat> had a uh, great week, but a busy week. I was in South Carolina on Monday for the uh, South Carolina Baptist State Convention. And then on Wednesday, was in St. Louis, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, boy, I was, I was in danger of not getting home. They were talking about a rainstorm coming through and temperatures going down into the teens and uh, thank God the temperature got down in the teens but the rain went another direction I was so glad Lord have mercy you know you can handle snow but that ice is a whole nother matter and so I'm grateful for God's grace and allowing uh, me to get home safely and be able to share with you all on today. Rooted and grounded, make some noise! Now, for those of you who are visiting with us, Rooted and Grounded is our discipleship culture. We don't believe that God has called us to have church or to go to church. He wants us to be church. And we be salt and we be light everywhere God wants us to be. I want to thank those of you who are worshiping with us via the World Wide Web on various digital platforms. Thank you today for the privilege of your time. And I appreciate you sharing with us and allowing us into your space. Remember, uh, one of the things that we have been working hard on is helping to facilitate the discipleship of our I members, our internet members, and those who are sharing with us via the World Wide Web, and you can get more information about how to become part of our discipleship groups and our culture here. There is a choice, and many churches have discipleship as a program, uh, as a class, uh, but we believe it needs to be our culture. It needs to affect everything that we do and everything that we say, and we're excited about that. Amen? Amen. We're kicking off our groups today. For those who are in Rooted, we are grateful and thankful for you laying that foundation. And then there's another group of you who are beginning Purpose Driven Life. You should have your books. You should be reading uh, day one. Today is the kickoff day, and we're going to have our kickoff immediately following our corporate worship gathering today. Um, I figured out we may have to do one after the 8 o'clock service next time because I think some of y'all who come to 8 o'clock didn't come today. You stayed in bed, got a little extra sleep, and then came on through at 10 o'clock. I understand. I understand. Um, but uh, we're looking forward to uh, our kickoff on today. Listen, we have a great testimony today. This is one of our young adults. Uh, God is just 
uh, doing some amazing things in our church. And testimonies are always such a powerful, powerful um, piece of our discipleship culture because uh, people get to hear where you are and they get to hear what God has done in your life. And the old song said, there's no secret what God can do. What he's done for somebody else, he can do the same thing for you. So let's hear uh, our testimony today from one of our sisters, um, and you're going to be blessed by it, I know. Bitterness, anger, hate, despair, revenge. 2019 was a year of brokenness for me. I was going through a divorce. I was becoming a single mother. And I was just trying to find my place in the world. I needed a new church and somewhere to get involved. My best friend invited me to Good Hope. And so we came. We enjoyed the service. But what really got me was whenever pastor said, rooted and grounded, make some noise. And the crowd kind of, you know, got excited. That piqued my interest. I was like, okay, what is Rooted and Grounded? So I found out that Rooted and Grounded was a life group. I was familiar with life groups. I have done it for my prior church, and I wanted to get involved. Signed up for it, and I had the pleasure of having Ms. Paula Fortune as my group leader. She was wonderful. We came to a week in the Rooted and Grounded section where we had we were dealing with our strongholds. And it's so funny because I thought that I was done with everything that I dealt with with my divorce. I thought I had healed from it. I thought I had moved on. However, when we were talking about the strongholds, I was crying through the lesson, which made me realize, apparently I'm not done. I'm not as healed as I thought that I was. Because of Rooted and Grounded, I was able to make that connection. So, I decided that I was going to leave all the hate, the anger, revenge, frustration, bitterness, rather, in 2023. And moving forward in 2024, that I, I choose forgiveness. With forgiveness, there's freedom. And so I deserve to have forgiveness. I deserve to be free. So my recommendation is that if you are looking to be free and move forward with life so God can bless you, be a part of Rooted and Grounded. The only Amen. way that I could be free is with forgiveness. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Thanks, Sister Danielle, for letting the Lord use her and speak to us on today. Forgiveness is a gift that you give not to others, but it's a gift that you give to yourself. Um, unforgiveness is like kicking a boulder and then expecting somebody else's foot to hold a hurt, right? You give yourself the gift of forgiveness. It doesn't matter whether somebody else receives it or gives it. You actually can give it to yourself. And we, we appreciate uh, her being so open with us in her testimony. Those of you who have a testimony, and I know all of you do, you just haven't told it, um, I want you to contact um, Deaconess Linda Whitley, Sister Whitley, our church administrator, or uh, Sister Toya Coleman, our 
discipleship coordinator and let them know you have a testimony that you want to share. Um, because when you share your testimony, you encourage somebody else who may be going through exactly what you're going through, but they've been suffering in silence because the overwhelming majority of us look better than we actually feel. Amen. And you would think that some of us, the way we look, we have perfect lives and we're not going through anything or dealing with anything. And so we want to uh, always be able to share what God is doing in our lives. I want you to keep in prayer the McQueen family. Uh, Mother Naomi McQueen went home to be with the Lord this past week. Um, Pop McQueen, uh, Brother William McQueen passed away in 2023. And uh, Sister McQueen went home to be with the Lord this week. Sister McQueen was part of the pulpit committee that interviewed me and selected me, recommended me to the church when I came. Um, she has been a member of this church, her family, uh, I think five or six generations. Um, I was uh, blessed to know her mother, Sister Emmyola Mills, and do her home going along with Brother Mills and uh, and so it's just, just been a blessing, man, to know this family, to have been blessed by this family. I did the home going for her daughter, uh, and, uh, and now her and, and Brother McQueen. Uh, Sister McQueen, I'll tell you all a funny story. She kind of scared me uh, when I was being interviewed by the church because she wanted to know um, when were, uh, my office hours going to be, how many days off I was going to take. And, and all this, I mean, scared me to death, y'all. I, I felt like I had to work seven days a week because she was like, yeah, so when, when, do, when are you going to take off? And what, what, what are you going to do? What do you do for it? Blah, blah. And so I told her that on one occasion, and she, she was like, oh, no, Pastor, I didn't mean it like that. I was just asking. We were just trying to get some information. No, you ain't got to be. I'm like, mm, I'm going to be up here every day of the week. And even when I'm not at church, I'm just going to park my car and have my wife pick me up so you think I'm there. I'm just going. <laughs> but uh, she, she's such a, such a blessing to, to this church and, and part of the history, part of the pillars of this church that have come in. And we certainly want to celebrate our home going. It's going to be this Saturday at 12 noon. 12 noon, we're going to pray for uh, her son, Ronald and uh, for grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And uh, we're looking forward to the celebration of her life. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for today. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say, <clears throat> that it will be pleasing in your sight, that you will be glorified, that your people will be edified, and that the devil will be horrified as a life-giving, life-changing word of God goes forth. Have your way, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark Twain said the two greatest days in a person's life is when they were born and when they discover why they were born. What is the greatest statement that can be made about you as a child of God. What would you want on your tombstone? What would you want written as your epitaph? Uh, most people struggle in life and, 
and they struggle typically around three basic issues. The first is identity. Who am I? So many people feel the need to try to emulate and imitate somebody else. Uh, So many people tie their identity into what they wear and what they have. And because of constantly shifting styles and and, and, and items and, and what's in vogue, they, they're always redefining who they are. Uh, the second struggle for many is the question of importance. Uh, do I matter? Do, do I count? Does my life really mean anything? And the third struggle is the question of impact. Um, where is my place in life and do I make a difference? Like, would anybody even miss me if I was gone? Now, I don't think there is anything greater that can be said uh, about a child of God than for somebody to say you have fulfilled God's purpose for your life. Like we've heard over the years, people say things like, You know, when you get to the end of the journey, you want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. And that well done, I believe, is reserved for those who have discovered and are living out God's purpose for their life. Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. But here's something that I've learned over the years. Even for those who may have discovered their purpose, it is easy to get distracted. It is easy to be dissuaded. It is easy to forget. Uh, It is easy to drift away from focusing on what God's purpose is for your life, especially when you are allowing people who are ignorant of their own purpose to guide and direct your life. Living on purpose, living in purpose, is really the only way to truly live. Everything else, y'all, is just existing. I mean, when when you figure out uh, your purpose for life and living and you tie it, to you being a child of God, it is the ultimate fulfillment. And so today, for a few moments as we kick off our church-wide celebration of purpose-driven life, I want to talk today from the thought how to live God's purpose in your life. How to live God's purpose in your life. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. One of the things, my brothers and sisters, about discovering God's purpose for your life is it makes life so much easier to live. Uh, You can do away with the superfluous. You can do away with the ancillary things. You You can remove the distractions. You can remove the stress of trying to discover and just literally lock in on what God wants you to do and who God wants you to be. Here's the first thing 
if you're going to live God's purpose in your life. Number one, you must decide to be a person who will be used by God. You must decide to be a person who will be used by God. Acts chapter 13, verse 36, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. Today, I want to do what is called a topical expositional message around this snapshot of David's life. Now, what's interesting is when you read Acts chapter 13, the emphasis of Acts 13, uh, the, the focal point is not David, it's really Jesus. As a matter of fact, when David is mentioned, it's almost as a bridge to say, this is where people are, but this is who Jesus is lets us know that the sacrifice that he made, uh, the blood that he shed will never lose his power. And whereas we will fade away and fall off the scene, Jesus will be there forever. But I believe in this passage, David wants to teach us something about what it means to live life on purpose. What it means to be intentional in living for God. The Bible says David served God's purpose in regards to himself. That word served there speaks to uh, ministering or doing something that lasts for the time that you are called to serve. Uh, throughout his entire life, David, the Bible shares with us, was a person who served God. Uh, even when he was tending his father's flock on the hills of Bethlehem, you remember when he was uh, anointed the king of Israel to be the next king of Israel. But the Bible says even after he was anointed, he still had to go back and take care of the flock because there was a time difference between the time of his anointing and the time of his appointing. I don't know why I'm feeling led to say this, but somebody needs to hear this today. Don't ever get frustrated just because your anointing and your appointing doesn't occur simultaneously. Sometimes God wants you to know what he's getting ready for you, but don't make the mistake of thinking you're already ready for what he's getting ready. Sometimes he's got to get you ready for what he's getting ready for you. He doesn't want to give you something too soon, doesn't want to give you something too early because he knows if you are not mature enough to handle the position, you will create and cause more damage than good. Here's David, anointed, waiting on his appointing. Here is David, who hears this giant Goliath insulting the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the armies of Israel, who goes to battle and slays the giant Goliath. Here's, here's this David, who, who went from being King Saul's favorite to being the exiled and outlawed by that same king that he loved. Here is David, who was the writer and, and, and the meditator on 
countless number of psalms. Here, here is David who finally gets to be king, reigns seven years in Hebron, 33 years in Jerusalem, but he's not a perfect man because he makes mistakes along the way, including with Bathsheba. He also has turmoil in his family amongst his children. And the Bible says in the midst of all of that, he served the purpose of God. Now, somebody may say, why is that important, Pastor? It's important because, watch this, when you look at Acts chapter 13, verses 21 and 22, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He was not a man after God's own heart because he was sinless. He was a man after God's own heart because he made the purpose of God for his life his priority. And my brothers and my sisters, you and I have the same opportunity to be used by God. I need somebody in here to know, regardless of what you have done in and with your life prior to this moment, no matter what you have done in your past, how bad you have messed up, things that you are not proud of, things you are ashamed of, things that you don't want to testify of, here's what God wants you to understand. Even if your mess up was as late as last night, God says you can decide right now that you are going to allow God to use you. Y'all, I wish I could stand here and tell you I'm perfect. I wish I could stand here and tell you, man, I am sinless. I I wish I could. Matter of fact, if I was all of that, I probably wouldn't be here. Because I'd be so full of myself, man, I'd be somewhere doing something that I had no business doing. But what God has done is shown me the power of his grace. That even in our mess-ups, God can take us in our brokenness and in our broken places and help us to become whole and healed and help somebody else become whole and healed. And for somebody else who may think your life is trivial, that your life is small, that your life is uneventful, I need you to know God can still use you. I don't know if you realize this. Your life is the subject of conversations in eternity. The angels discuss whether or not you're going to be used by God. And what are you going to decide and who do they need to support and who do they need to make a way for? Listen, even though your name will never be in the Bible for being a man or woman after God's own heart, while it will not be written in the Bible, it can be written in glory. That no matter where you are and what you have done, you can still be used by God. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Let's read it together. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You got to decide who you're going to please and who you're going to live for. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must live to fulfill God's purpose in your life. You must live 
to fulfill God's purpose in your life. For David, verse 36, Acts chapter 13, after he had served the purpose of God, the purpose of God, not what he wanted, not what he desired, he served the purpose of God. The word purpose there is interesting. It refers to advice or counsel or will. After he served the purpose of God, after he discovered what was God's purpose for his life and he did what God called him to do, the Bible says that David was blessed. Psalm 33, verse 11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. I need everybody to hear me today. God has a purpose for everyone in every generation, and God has a purpose for you. God's purpose is not for you to have health, wealth, and prosperity. God's purpose for you is not to accumulate cash, cars, commodities, clothes, and creature comforts. God has a greater purpose for you, and that greater purpose will give you a level of fulfillment that you have never experienced in your life. And God is looking for those who are fully committed to him, who are committed to living out his purpose for their life. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. Every step you make in life, the Lord wants to maximize your step. Can I tell you a little secret? Um, I've had people who said to me, you're lucky. You're lucky, Pastor. I said, why? I've had family members say to me, man, man, DZ, you lucky. I said, why? He said, because you know what God wants you to do. And I said, well, I said, that's interesting. I said, okay. I said, and why don't you know what God wants you to do? <laughs> see, see, here's the mistake that many people make. They think purpose is synonymous with profession. So they say, well, because you are a preacher, you know exactly what God wants you to do. But can I tell you something? Just because I'm a preacher doesn't mean I was always walking in my purpose. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you that over the last five years, I am walking more in my purpose than I ever have in my entire life. And what I have decided to do in that decision to walk in God's purpose for my life is eliminate anything or anybody that's trying to keep me from walking in God's purpose for my life. Let, let, let me help somebody here. Don't, don't ever take God's purpose for your life to somebody else for their approval. Don't, don't, don't take what you perceive God telling you about your life to somebody else 
who doesn't know what God's purpose is for their life. Now, now you got the blind leading the blind. When you walk in God's purpose for your life, there is a sense of peace that overrides any storm that folk are trying to start around you. I mean, you know where you're supposed to be. You know, you, I, I, I don't even have to pray. Matter of fact, can I tell you something about walking in your purpose? When you walk in your purpose, your purpose becomes the filter by which you can look at everything that comes to you in life. There's stuff that people will bring to me now, I don't even have to pray about it. I don't have to pray about it because I've already prayed for identification of my purpose, which means if you bring me something that's outside of my purpose, then I know it's not God because God already showed me what my purpose is. And now that I have more days behind me than in front of me, Man, I ain't playing no more. I'm, I'm locked in. I'm loaded. Man, this, this, I know what God has called me to do. You must live to fulfill God's purpose in your life. What is God's purpose for your life? And there are many of you who are looking at me right now and saying, I, I don't know, Pastor. I, I think. I'm, I'm not sure. I thought, I thought it was my profession. I thought, now you're saying it's not even your profession. No, 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 it's more than your profession. It can be ushered in by your profession, but it's more than your profession. You got to find that place of peace, and that's what this journey is all about. That's what Purpose Driven Life is all about, to help encourage you to ask the questions, to encourage one another, to pray with one another, to love on one another, to serve with one another, so that by the end of this process, you are well on your way to discovering what your purpose is. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you must impact the people God allows you to touch. You must impact the people God allows you to touch. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation. Everybody say own generation. Um, the word generation there, by implication and age, uh, it can be a period of time. It can also refer to persons. It can refer to a timeline. The Bible says David served the purpose of God in his own generation. He, he lived and moved through his world with an opportunity to impact those he came in contact with to the glory of God. D David lived in a way to make the world better. And my brothers and sisters, God gives each of us an opportunity to touch our generation. See, when we walk in our purpose, we walk in our purpose for his glory, our good, and our growth. But it doesn't stop there because when we walk in our purpose, it's not just for our good, it's for the good of others. It's not just for our growth, it's for the growth of others. So when we walk in our purpose, we should be, here it is, 
all that God wants us to be so that when people interact with us because the purpose of God is guiding us, the purpose of God should help them to experience the person of God. God has no hands except our hands. He has no arms except our arms. If somebody needs a hug from God, guess where they got to get a hug from? If they need a kind word from God, guess where they got to get a kind word from? If they need a, a helping hand uh, from God, guess where they need a helping hand? Guess where they got to get it from? They've got to get it from us, those of us who are walking in and have identified our purpose in life. And here's what I've learned, y'all. I'm not going to let anything from my past keep me from walking in my purpose in my present. Listen, past generations are gone. Future generations haven't come. Who's going to do something in this generation right now? And if past generations are gone, then I sure don't want the past from my past to keep me from doing what God has called me to do in my present. And walking in purpose and touching lives is rooted in obedience to God and my love for God and other people. It's rooted in me saying, what, what is it, Lord? What do you want me to do? God, show me what you want me to do. Uh, just this past week, I was meeting with a pastor, and he said, Pastor, how how you get into what you're doing, man? How you how you get to this place where you're helping churches and you you lecturing and you're speaking? And, and I literally just sat there for a moment, and I was like, man, I'm just, I'm just walking in my purpose, man. Like, I just, I just figured out this is where God wants me. And I'm just walking in it and seeing God do some amazing things. Listen, you are to fulfill God's purpose for your life in this present age. How does God want to use you right now? Because God has not created you by accident. God has not kept you by accident. You are here for a purpose. And God wants you to walk in that purpose. Queen Esther, the book of Esther chapter 4, if you look at verse 14, the verse reads, if you keep quiet, at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. The Jewish people were about to be killed. Here she is, a Jew, but she has managed through the favor of the king to become queen. She's in the palace. She's living a good life. And they come to her and say, hey, we need your help because everybody's not blessed to be in the palace like you. And they just put a, 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 a hangman's joint up here and they, they get ready to start hanging our people. 
And, and you can imagine Esther not wanting to risk her position because after all, she worked hard to get in that position. And, and they say to Esther, hey, maybe this is the reason you're here for such a time as this. And, and it's almost like they got to say, Esther, listen, don't think you in the palace for your pleasure. You're not in the palace for your prosperity. God had a purpose. Can, can I meddle just for a second? We, we've, got, we've, got, we've got a generation of political leaders who try to protect the position that they work to get to for the sake of being in the position. And they have benefited personally while our people have suffered. And they have failed to understand that you in the position for such a time as this. This is not the time for you to be silent. This is the time you're supposed to speak up. This is not the time you wave at protesters. You're supposed to be protesting. You're supposed to be writing legislation. You're supposed to be speaking up on behalf of the people that you represent. You think because they're calling folk out of their name outside of your office that they don't say the same thing about you when you're in the office? He says, for such a time as this. And I need everybody here to know if God wasn't willing and able to use you, if God didn't want to use you, you wouldn't be here. God could just call you home. Why, why, why leave you here? Like you've been left for a reason. We used to sing an old song. In the church, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky, to serve the present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my powers engage to do my master's will. That's what we've been called to do. And we can't serve this present age in the best way we can until we walk in our purpose and figure out not just when we were born, but why we were born. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day. I pray, God, that somebody under the sound of my voice would realize that you have a purpose for their life and their living. I pray that they would recognize how important it is to know what their purpose is. And I pray, God, that they would walk in it. Help them to recognize that discovering and walking in their pur purpose will free them from the stress, the anxiety, the wonderment, the pain, the questions, so that they can walk in peace, walk in joy, walk in your love, knowing that they are in the center of your will for their life. We ask you to touch now and bless as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. If you would, stand on your feet wherever you are. Those of you who are watching via the digital platform, I want to extend an opportunity to you to say yes to the Lord today. Uh, just because you are not in close proximity to us physically doesn't mean you cannot have a personal relationship with God. The QR code on the screen will hot link you to a number of links, including if you need Jesus Christ in your life, how to ask him into your life. I want to uh, give you that chance today to say yes to the Lord. Maybe you want to unite with our church and you would like to unite on the digital platform. I want you to know we're able to help facilitate your discipleship and growth. You can join one of our life groups that will meet with you virtually anywhere in the world to encourage you in your walk with God. If you're here in the sanctuary, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to the Lord. The wonderful thing about God is God loves you where you are, but he won't leave you where you are. He wants to make something beautiful out of your life. So as we extend an invitation for you to come upstairs or down to my left or to my right, whether you're in the balcony or you're on the floor, we want to give you an opportunity to say yes. Here's what I want you to know. We won't look at you funny. We'll rejoice with you, welcome you into the family, connect you with family to make sure that you have somebody who can love on you and love with you to help you find your purpose in God. Come on and come. We offer all for Christ to you oh my brother come on and come we offer Christ to you oh my sister bless you sir bless you come on he will give you brand new life new life abundantly Come on, is there somebody else who wants to say yes today? Come on, we offer Christ. I need you to do me a favor. I normally don't ask you to talk to your neighbor, but look at your neighbor and ask him, if, do you want me to go with you? Ask him, do you need to go? And if you need to go, I'll go with you. Tell him I'll go with you. Amen. Now, if you need somebody to go with you, just, just tell him, yes, I, I see you coming. Come on. Yeah. 
Come on, you standing there. You don't want to walk by yourself. God bless you. Come on, up in the balcony. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing somebody needs to come on and say yes today. You don't want to walk by yourself. Just tell the person that, come on, walk with me. I need you to 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 walk with me. Matter of fact, let me just make sure. If you're willing to walk with somebody, just wave your hand. Just raise your hand if you say, I walk with you. All right, so if you see somebody close to you, tell, tell them be good, be true to your word. Come on and walk with me. Come on and walk with me. We'll sing one more time, and we invite you to come. Come on. We all for Christ. Come on. Bless you, baby. I see you. Oh my sister. Oh my sister. Yeah, come on. Come on. Somebody else bless you. I see you. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on and come. Come on and come. Come on and come. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, let me just, I'm going I'm to say this, and then I promise I'm going to leave you alone. But listen, I need, you, I need you to hear this. So, whenever you try to do something, whenever you want to change your life, whenever you want to change your behavior, uh, chances are you're not going to be successful the first time you try it. Right. So, for example, somebody in here, you used to smoke and you said, I'm going to stop smoking. Right. Um, cigarettes. Some of y'all still smoking for medicinal purposes. I understand. <laughs> y'all know I'm only being serious anyway. Um, so. Like, how many times did you try to stop smoking? Right? You tried. Not, not, if your testimony is God took it away from me, took the taste away from me, man, praise God for you. But how many of you know most folk don't get there like that, right? You, you tried, and then you stopped trying, and then and you tried again. And, and you messed up, you tried again. Then, watch this. Then you stop, and then something happened. Something traumatic happened. And then you picked it back up again. You didn't necessarily stay with it, but you picked it back up again. I tell y'all this, my mom, I, I can only tell you this because my mom is going home to be with the Lord. So my mother, my mother used to smoke. My dad used to smoke. And uh, and my mother, you know, recommitted her life to the Lord. And, and then my mother, like, for real saved, right? So she like, nah, I don't smoke no more. I ain't none of that, right? Man, God changed, boom gone so I walked in one day <laughs> and you know her and my father split up and you know so my mother not living with me and I walked in one day and my mother had a cigarette and she just puffing well, mom what you doing <laughs> smoking a cigarette she said baby I know I know I know but your daddy done drove me back just for a second. I just got just for a second. Just for a second. Woo! 
that Negro just made me go back for a second. I just have to calm my nerves. Just need to calm my nerves. Now, here's my point. You kept on trying until you were successful. Right? And I'm saying that because there's somebody here this morning, I'm, I'm sensing this, where you have made a commitment to walk with God but you didn't walk with them the way you thought you would or how you were committed to. And maybe you stumbled, maybe you've fallen, maybe you've backslidden if we use that term. And you struggled and then you tried again. Now you hear, but you're saying, you know what? I, I ain't gonna try no more. Let me, just, let me just see if I can get this right on my 